we could leave right now saying we've had church, couldn't we? Amen. I appreciate the Lord, appreciate his goodness, and, and just thankful for the good spirit of God. Folks already getting help in the meeting. That's what revival's all about, and, uh, and I, I'm glad that we can bring our burdens to him, and he'll help us in our time of need, and I appreciate the Lord, appreciate his goodness. I appreciate some of our ladies from the church being here tonight. Three of them came over tonight, slipped in on us. They want to see if I'm as mean here as I am at the church is what it is, and uh, amen, but anyway... I appreciate them coming, and then, like I said, all uh, good to see the preachers and and uh, Brother David. I was with him here a while back in a meeting, had a good meeting down there, and appreciate that. And and always a blessing, Brother David. And them they sing some of our songs too, and they do a better job than we do. So I'm about half mad at him. Amen, amen. They do a good job, and the Lord has uh, has blessed them, and I appreciate the Lord. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter six. Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to give you a simple thought tonight, and I'm going to be brief before you. Matthew chapter number 6, and I want to start reading in verse number 1. Matthew chapter number 6, uh, coming over here, I had about five messages that I could have possibly preached, and uh, uh, God has touched my heart to preach the one that I'm least prepared to preach tonight, just before I get in the pulpit, so you pray for me tonight. Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men." Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Father, we thank you today for the reading of your word, and Lord, thank you for how you've already moved in the service tonight. Lord, I understand tonight that I do not have the ability, Lord, to help this people. But, Father, I pray that tonight in this place would you take your word to our heart. Lord, speak to us tonight concerning this subject of prayer. Father, I pray tonight would you challenge every believer here. And, Lord, I pray for that one that may be here overwhelmed in mind and troubled and, and thought tonight. God, I pray would you help them, Lord, as we've already seen tonight. Just bring it all to you. And Father, we ask you now to give liberty tonight in the service and help me, Lord, enable me tonight by the Spirit of God, Lord, as I bring this message. And Lord, we'll thank you for all you do. Thank you for all you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we ask it. Amen and amen. 
Amen tonight. Well, it's good to be here tonight. As we're looking here in the Word of God, you'll find uh, the scene, of course, the study of the Word of God here on the subject of prayer. Of course, the, uh, Jesus is speaking here, telling his disciples, he said, listen, fellows, he said, when you're doing your alms, he said, don't do it to be seen of men. He said, uh, there's a lot of people doing things to be seen of men today, even in our churches, and they uh, do those things uh, uh, to draw maybe uh, attention. But let me tell you something today we're we're living in a day if there's ever been a day we ought to do what we do for the glory of God and not for men and not for the applause of men I begin to think about here in the scriptures Jesus told them he said when thou prayest he said thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corner of the streets but he said in verse number six is where I really want to get to tonight but thou when thou prayest enter into thy closet and the Bible said here and when thou hast uh, shut thy door, pray to the, thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. I heard one day on the radio, I was listening to the brother Lester Roloff, and he made this statement, and I thought what a powerful statement it is about the subject of prayer. He said, if you want to check the spiritual temperature of a man, listen to him pray. And I'll tell you what a, what a, what a gauge that that would be in all of our lives. Listen, I'm afraid many of us today and I myself, I come short in the area of prayer. But Jesus said, when you enter into your closet, into that place, and I, I was with a preacher here a while back. He said, preacher, I believe that means your closet. It said closet. Well, wherever your place is that you pray, I, I've, I've prayed in the closet. I've prayed out in the prayer path. I've prayed out in the woods. I, listen, I'm glad that there's any place that you can get on your knees sometimes not even on your knees I prayed going down the road I'm glad we can touch heaven and the throne of almighty God uh, what got me to thinking on this subject one day a few years ago in the house we used to live in there uh, my son lives there now we had a downstairs part to the house that wasn't finished and uh, we lived upstairs but I got the bright idea I wanted to finish out the basement I wanted to put some walls in and, and make some rooms downstairs in that unused space we had in the basement and so uh, uh, in order to save money, I'd watched too many of those do-it-yourself shows on television. I'd watched uh, too much of that, you know, uh, uh, fixing up your house and all that. And I, I am not a carpenter by any stretch of the imagination. I, I don't really know anything about it. Uh, but I, somehow or another, I got the idea, if I could get somebody to help me frame it up, that I could do the sheetrock myself and I could put the, you know, how that is. And, and I thought, well, that'd be a piece of cake. And I got to, got to working down there and I was working in one bedroom that we had there and uh, after much uh, tribulation, tolls and tears we got the sheep rock up and, and I, I know now why them fellas get, make so much money to put that up they still ain't making what they're worth, amen uh, but anyway, we put that up and you know in order to go through the process of putting the paint on the walls you got to put the mud on the, the seams and all that and I thought well that's going to be uh, too bad and I started into that process and I said man this is more than I imagined it would be and as I was working on that, I got to starting to look at how I could cut some corners. I said, you know, I get to begin to rationalize in my mind. Here I am down here in a bedroom downstairs that nobody's ever going to see. I mean, nobody's ever going to be in here. You fellas, you've all rationalized. You've tried to rationalize yourself out of some work as well. And I, I said, ain't nobody ever going to see this. I'm the only one that's going to be down here. And there was a closet that we had made in that room. And 
and I had the inside of the room, I had it finally muddied up, and I was getting ready to do the painting, and Matter of fact, I painted the room part of it, but on the inside of the closet, I didn't finish it. I, I left it uh, unfinished, and, and uh, I thought, now I'll get the doors on that, and nobody won't ever see inside that closet, and it don't, I don't have to put no mud on the seams. I don't have to do nothing like that, because you see, I'm not a carpenter, all right? And so it didn't really matter to me. But as I uh, began to paint that room, and as I began to try to get it fixed up, the more I thought about that unfinished closet on the inside, a place that nobody would ever see, the more it bothered me, the fact that I had let that go. And finally one day I just got in there I, I said, you know what, I'm going to finish that closet. And I got in there and I'm wiping that mud on the wall over the tape and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost began to speak to my heart and said, hey big boy, I got you in here to talk to you a little bit. You see this is just like your spiritual life. This is just like your prayer life. So many Christians today are cutting corners in the closet. Amen. Hey, they're trying to live for God. They're trying to do what they think is right, but they're neglecting that secret place. I'm talking about that place where you get along with God. That place where you hear from heaven. Amen. I don't know about you, praise God, but I'm afraid there's probably people here in this building tonight. You're cutting corners in the closet and you've tried to get by. You said, well, I can make it without doing all that and I can make it without that secret time alone with God I promise you praise God there's something missing when we don't talk to our heavenly father on a daily basis amen I'm preaching on that very subject tonight of cutting corners in the closet do you realize it is in the prayer closet that we find the fountainhead of all obedience amen hey you say I want to obey the Lord preacher you'll not do it till you get alone with him in prayer amen because you won't know what he wants you to do amen let me tell you something right now. It is the fountainhead of all bliss. Do you realize uh, the fountainhead of all eternal blessing is in the prayer closet? I'm talking about a long, you think about them old saints of God that used to pray. I'm talking about they got along with God. Let me tell you something. I love to hear some of them just pray in a service. I remember there's a little old uh, man that, that I used to know and he's in heaven now. His name was Walter Miller and little Walter was a little man in stature and they'd call on him to pray. He was never loud and boisterous but I I'll tell you one thing right now, when that little man would begin to pray and the tears would begin to stream down his face, you better believe the angels in heaven stood, stood up and at attention and paid notice. Amen. Let me tell you something right now. You know what's lacking in our churches today, in most of our Christians' life today in our churches, they have no prayer life. Amen. I'll tell you one thing right now. We're expecting God to send revival and we ain't even talking to Him. Amen. We're not seeking His face. Amen. I don't know about you. Praise God. It's time we quit cutting corners in the closet, amen, and got serious with God and said, God, here I am. I know I've neglected this place. I know I've not been here like I need to, but by, by the help of God, I'm going to serve you and I'm going to seek you in the secret place, amen. I preached this message several years ago in Church Hill, Tennessee on a Monday night, and there was a lady came to me on Tuesday night I, I, before the service started, she said, Preacher, said, I need to talk to you. I said, Yes, yeah, sis, what is it? She said, I need to tell you what happened last night after you preached. I said, I had my little 12-year-old granddaughter with me last night, and you begin to preach on getting in the closet and praying. Said my little old 12 year old granddaughter said she listened to every word you said. And said after we got home, she looked at me and she said, Mamma said uh, that preacher was talking about getting in the closet to pray. 
You see, if it's like most of our closets, if it's like mine, I'd have to clean the junk out of it before I could get in it and pray. Our closets are awfully cluttered today in the spiritual sense. But she said that, my little granddaughter said, Mama, do you believe what that preacher preached? And she said, I sure do, honey. She said, I'd like to get in the closet and pray, Mama. Would that be all right if I'd do that? She said, yeah, honey. I, she said, I guess. She said, I'd have to clean the junk out of it first. But she said, that if you really, she said, I just feel like the Lord wants me to today. And she said, I went through the process of cleaning out the closet and said that 12-year-old got in the closet and shut the door just like the Bible said. And said, preacher, I uh, said, I didn't try to eavesdrop or anything, but said, I just every now and then I'd listen. And said, she's in there probably an hour. Said that 12-year-old was in there an hour. And said, I could hear her mumbling. I could hear her talking to the Lord. And said, uh, all of a sudden, said, I heard something. She moved around in the closet and some of the stuff that I had up fell down next to where she was at. And this is what I heard her say. She spoke out loud and she said, that devil don't want me in here. I got news for you. You better believe that devil don't want you in there. Hallelujah to his name. I said, preacher, she probably prayed for two hours that day in the closet. You say, preacher, what are you trying to say? I'll tell you what, if we'd get our, teach our children to pray, amen. I'll tell you, that's, we, we've taught them how to play ball. We've taught them how to do this and that. We've taught, and I'm not against any of that. But let me tell you something right now. When's the last time your son heard you pray, dad? When's the last time, mom, that your daughter came in and found you on your knees weeping hallelujah before a holy God, amen. I don't know about you, praise God, we've been cutting corners in the closet too long, amen. You say, preacher, why do we need to be in the secret place? Number one, it's because in the secret place we get the attention of a holy God. There ain't much that I can do to draw attention to myself from a God that sits on high. But D.L. Moody said it like this, he said, every great move of God can be traced to a kneeling figure. If there, I just kind of get the idea, and I know there's a lot of things God would focus on us. When we praise Him, He shows up. But let me tell you something right now. There's something about a God that loves His children that when they get alone and for the purpose of communing with Him... You can't tell me that it don't get the attention of a holy God when Brother David we fall on our knees. Hey, not in the sight of men, but when we come into that secret place with that burden so heavy, and we begin to cry out to God and ring the prayer bells of heaven. You can't tell me that a holy God don't set up and take notice, amen. When we come to him, sometimes the devil tries to convince you that God's not listening. Sometimes he tries to convince you that he's not gonna answer your prayer. I preached this past Sunday on the Syrophoenician woman that came to Jesus over there. She had a daughter that was very, uh, grievously vexed with a devil, the Bible said. When she came to Jesus, he answered her not a word. She said, I need help. And he answered her not a word. Let me tell you something. The devil tried to convince you just because he ain't talking to you that he's not listening. But I got news for you. Jesus heard every word she said. He didn't answer her, but he heard every word. Amen. There's times when you don't get an answer. Amen. Amen. Don't let the devil sell you a bill of goods. He's listening tonight, child of God. He hears your cries. Amen. I'm glad it's in the prayer closet. Amen. That we get the attention of a holy God. 
You say, preacher, what else is it about the prayer closet? It's in the prayer closet we get the answers that we need for the problems of life. I read over there in the book of Psalms where David said this. He said, I called upon the Lord in my distress and he heard me and he set me in a large place. What does that mean, preacher? I'm going to give you the best, best opinion of, I can of it. Have you ever been through the drive through at Wendy's? I mean, have you ever been through the drive through at Wendy's? They've, and you pull up there and you look on the sign and there's that, there's that double with cheese with heart-clogging juices flowing out of it. I mean, old Dave knew what he was doing, praise God. I mean, he did. And they got the pride that goes with it in the drink. And you say, I'll have a number two with cheese, with extra mayo. Hallelujah. Amen. And just before you pull off from where you've ordered, the voice will come back over the, the intercom and says, Sir, would you like to biggie size that? I mean, would you like to biggie size it? I mean, we're going to give you what you asked for, but would you like to get a whole lot more than you asked for? I'm talking about the big, I'm talking about that big drink. I'm talking about that three liter drink. I'm talking about that, that French fry that's got enough heart clogging uh, oil in it, praise God, to keep two heart surgeons in business. Amen. I'm talking about I'm a biggest size. Hallelujah. I'm glad that every now and then when I go to God and I say, Lord, this is what I need, Jesus. All of a sudden I hear from heaven, hey, would you like us to biggest size that for you? Amen. I'm glad that in the midst of my distress, amen. Aren't you glad, David said, I called on the Lord in my distress and he heard me and he set me in a large place. Amen. I'm telling you one thing right now. It's in the prayer closet, in the secret place hallelujah that we find an answer for the problems of life you say preacher what else is it about the prayer closet we find not only the answer that we need we get the attention of God but it's in the prayer closet that we see the attitude of God you're seeing it, you can judge a lot by people's attitude what kind of attitude I've got a little family in my church and these ladies know who I'm talking about here a little family that Matter of fact, a preacher and his wife, and they've got two precious little girls. But they've got a little girl. Her name's Sarah Brown. Little Sarah, when she was born, we knew something was wrong with her. Didn't know exactly what, but they later diagnosed her with cystic fibrosis. Little Sarah, she's about eight or nine, I guess, now. Uh, and the Lord's blessed her and helped her. I didn't know a lot about that disease till little Sarah got diagnosed with it. But in, in her early years especially, she was sickly, and they'd have to take her to the hospital for weeks. And I remember when she was just small, they had to take her to Knoxville. And they, April has to, still yet has to go periodically and stay for several weeks, and they have to clean her lungs out. They have to go in there and clean her lungs out. And uh, I remember April telling me this story about when she, they'd initially had to take her down there, little Sarah, just a little thing, and said they was having to take Sarah back to clean her lungs out that day and said they wouldn't let me go, preacher. The doctors and the nurses had to take her. And she said, I, I was just so overwhelmed that day, and it was, it was close to Easter. And she said, I was so overwhelmed in mind that day. She said, they come to get little Sarah out of the room and said, 
as I did, said, little Sarah, begin to cry. Mama, don't let them take me. Mama, don't let them take me. Just crying. And, and, and April, she said, I had all, about all I could stand. She said, preacher, my, here's my little girl. Said, I could hear her going down the halls. They took her, please, mama, please, mama, don't let them take me. Don't let them take me. And she said, I was just so overwhelmed. I knew they had to do it, but they, and I couldn't go with her. She said, I got so overwhelmed that day, I thought, I've got, to go, I've got to go somewhere and pray. And she said she went down to the bottom of the hospital, and they had a little chapel there. And she said, I was just so overwhelmed that day, and said, I walked in there, and it was empty. There wasn't nobody in there. And she said, I, I noticed they had a little table sitting there, and it was close to Easter, and they had an Easter lily sitting on the, the table that wasn't, hadn't bloomed out yet. And she said, Preacher, I just was so overwhelmed. I just got down in front of that little old table and said, I just began to pray. And she said, I just, God, you know, my little girl's sick. And God, I can't help her. And God, they've had to take her. And Lord, I just need you to help me. And she said, I prayed for a good while, a good little while. And she said, as, as I was wiping my eyes, said, I just looked up. And she said, now, Preacher, I know you're going to think I'm crazy. And she said, I know you're going to think that I'm just imagining things. But she said, Preacher, when I came in, that Easter lady was sitting there and hadn't bloomed out. But she said, as I, I was just finishing up my prayer, said, I just I raised up my head and I was looking at it. And said, all of a sudden, that Easter lily just popped open. I mean, just suddenly just popped open. And she said, Preacher... I got the biggest blessing when I looked at that Easter lily pop open. She said, I got to thinking about the fact that he said he was the lily in my valley. And she said, it's almost like God opened that thing up in front of me to let me know that in the midst of my valley, in the midst of my troubles when I come to him, hallelujah, I'm glad at God's attitude. He says, I love you, amen. She said, preacher, I got to shout and I couldn't help it. And she said, I know people thought I was crazy in there, but she said, I got to shout and a praising God. God, let me tell you something right now. I don't care how heavy the burden is you're carrying, what the load is you're under tonight, just bring it to him tonight. Just come to that place of prayer, amen. I'm glad God loves you tonight. And he wants to help you, amen. Oh yeah, it's in the prayer closet we get the attitude of God. It's in the prayer closet that the attacks of hell are turned back. Have you ever thought about the, the schemes that the devil has against all of us? Here a few weeks ago, I had one of the preacher boys in the church. He come to me on Sunday, and he said, "Preacher, everything all right this week?" I said, "Yeah, as far as I know, it is." He said, "Everything all right Tuesday?" And I said, uh, "I was trying to think back. What was Tuesday? What happened on Tuesday?" I said, "Best I can remember, everything was." He said, "I was driving over there. They'd sent me on a job." I said, "I was driving over there," and he said, "I got such a heavy burden with you on my mind." He said, I had to pull over beside the road and pray for you Amen. on Tuesday at about 11 o'clock. And he said, I just wondered, I figured the devil had tried to kill you. I said, well, he may have tried to, but you may have been the one that stopped him right, from brother. it. Amen. Amen. Can I tell you to praise God, it's in the prayer closet that we turn back the attacks of hell. I remember years ago when I was just a young preacher, I wasn't even a pastor I'd, I'd gotten in a situation where a lady had got offended, and I hadn't meant to do it. I, I certainly didn't. You know how young preachers are. Sometimes you got more zeal and you got sense. And, uh, you know, sometimes the way you say stuff, even though you're saying something right, the way you say it, and, and people can get hurt. And, and a lady had got offended at me, and, and I'll be, it had me tore slap up. I mean, I was, I was so worried about that thing because I didn't, certainly didn't want to cause no problems to anybody. And... Uh, I didn't know how to fix it. I didn't know how to fix it. 
And I remember I came home from work that day. I was still working in the supermarket business. And there in my house, there was the closet. And I looked at it. I was reading my Bible. And I, I was really seeking God. And all of a sudden, this passage of Scripture came to my mind and said, You know what? He said that if you'd get in that closet and you'd pray, that He'd reward you openly. I said, Now, God, I've just, I, I believe your book. I believe this word. I mean, I'm talking about it's the middle of the day. Nobody there but me. I got in the closet. Like I said, I had to clean a little bit of stuff out of it. But I got in the closet and I shut the door. I said, now God, I did exactly what this book told me to do right here. And I said, here I am. And I began to pray. And God began to break my heart. And I, I wept and prayed for probably an hour in that closet. And I, I mean, I was just overwhelmed. I said, Lord, how am I going to fix this problem? And I got finished praying. And I, I, I just pull the door open and I, I'm wiping tears. I'm just, I'm a mess. I've been in there squalling for an hour praying and talking to God. And about the time I stumbled to my feet, the phone was sitting right there next to the, 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 to the chair and the phone began to ring. This was back before caller ID days and all that kind of stuff. And I, I thought, Lord, who is that calling here? I'm talking about in the middle of the day, in the middle of the week, here's the phone ring and I've just got out of the prayer closet for an hour and I picked up the phone and when I did, somebody was weeping on the other end of the line and, and, and weeping until I couldn't understand. I said, who, who is this? Here I am squalling. I've been praying and squalling and I can't, they can't. And, and when I finally got them calmed down, it was the lady that was offended at me on the other end of the line weeping till she couldn't hardly talk to me. She had been at work at a factory and the Holy Ghost had got on her soul. She said, Preacher, I just got a call and asked you to forgive me. She said, I, we got to get this thing right. I said, Sis, you don't have to ask me to forgive you. I just want you to forgive me. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. You say, I don't believe a word of it. I know one thing. I was there that day when it happened. Amen. I hadn't much more and got out of the closet till the phone rang. Amen. Don't tell me that God's book won't work. Amen. Hallelujah to His name. I'm glad. In the attacks of hell... Or turn back in the prayer closet, amen. You say, preacher, what else is it about the cutting corners in the closet? The attacks of hell are turned back. And then last of all, it's in the prayer closet that we have an effect on others. A lot of you are saying, boy, I sure would like to have an influence on that old boy I work with. How much are you praying for him? I mean, it's one thing, and y'all are witness to him every day. But how much have you prayed for him? I had an old boy that used to live across, lived up the hill from us when we moved to town there. He didn't go to church. He was a good old boy, good neighbor. But um, we lived there on the street, and there was a house that was vacant across from us, and they had rented it out. And all them boys lived for was to make money during the week and drink on the weekends right across the street from our house. And um, I never did, you know, bother them. They'd get... They'd go to drinking and play loud music and you know, just causing a stir. And one morning I went out and they had thrown beer cans in my front yard. And uh, I just picked them up. I didn't say nothing to them. I just, I said, they're just lost. They don't know no better. And uh, the old boy that lived up the hill, it, it was not long after that that everything quietened down over there. And they wasn't causing no ruckus and. And we didn't know what had happened. We just said, man, I'm, I'm so glad that crowd's quietened down. And, but the old boy that lived up there didn't go to church, nothing. He, he was coming down the road one day. My wife went out when she was taking the trash up to the curb. 
And she, when she met him, he was coming down the road, and he began to talk to her. Say, hey, Miss Fletcher, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine, she said. He said, uh, good. said, I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear, hear that. said, uh, let me ask you something. He said, has any fellas been bothering y'all anymore? And uh, my wife said, well, no, now that you mentioned it. He said, I haven't heard any, me- I haven't heard any music. Said, said, there ain't been no more beer cans in your yard, have they? And she said, well, no, now that you mention it, they haven't. He said, well, that's good. He said, uh, I saw what they did, y'all. And he said, I went down there. He said, I knocked on the door. He said, best I could tell, he said, there's one of them that could speak a little bit of English. And he said, I told him, said, listen, if I see another beer can in that preacher's front yard, or if I hear that music anymore, he said, I got a shotgun up there. I'll shoot every one of you's. I mean, he said, that's only, you know, he said, you know, I wasn't serious. But he said, that they, where they come from, that's pretty serious talk. <laughs> he said, I scared them to death, preacher. Or I told my wife, I scared them fellas to death. And you know what? It wasn't long before they moved out. But this is what he told my wife. This is what he said to her. He said, y'all are the only ones in this community that's trying to do anything right. And he said, every now and then I'll set up on my porch up there. And said, I hear your husband down there praying. And said, I know he don't know that I hear him. But he said, that, that sound carries up the hill up here. And he said, I've sat up there many times. And I've heard him down there praying for people to be saved. And he said, I sure wasn't going to let that crowd mess with that preacher. Can I say something to you? If you want to have an effect on somebody that's lost, start ringing the bells of heaven on their behalf. I mean, I'm talking about talk to God on their behalf. Tell you something, you don't know what kind of influence you might have. But I'm afraid so many of us today, we're guilty of cutting corners in the closet. Oh, we're taking care of everything else in our life, but how is your prayer life? Oh, you look in your room and everything looks real nice. What about that closet that nobody ever sees? Have you paid any attention to it? 